superstitious, but I am a little stitious. Barons win! Barons win! Cody Jansen stopped 92 out of 95 shots, including a penalty shot in overtime. Somehow he still only wound up the third star of the game. You like that? Jansen has a heart. Y'all smoked it, crack! Already, it's a Tuesday. Cody Jansen with you. 12-ounce sports. World Hockey Report presented by Lord Co. Auto Parts, the official Auto Parts retailer of Hockey Canada and Team Canada. Yes, we are getting a lot closer. A lot closer to World Junior season. The roster comes out tomorrow. Maybe we'll dive into a little bit of that today. Not too, too much, though. Just a little bit. Maybe we'll talk some Connor Bedard. Of course, make Lord Co. Auto Parts your go-to auto parts store because us at World Hockey Report do... And you should try be like us. Since 1974, Lord Co. They've been a trusted supplier of quality aftermarket auto parts and accessories. Shop owners, automotive professionals, and do-it-yourself vehicle owners know it's the place to go for fast and knowledgeable service. Check out its new location on Calgary Trail Northwest. And don't forget to stroll through its in-store truck centers for the latest truck accessories and high-performance parts. The doors are open seven days a week. Visit store hours and services at lordco.com. Today on the show, obviously, if you live under a rock, maybe you haven't seen it, the NHL, they got a little bit of COVID problems. The Oilers, they are in that as well. One's on. One's on protocol right now. They canceled practice. We'll dive into all of that. Plus, we tried to connect with Shang a while ago, but he's going to come on here. Shang Peng is going to hop on. We will talk Evander Kane. That's coming up in about 16 minutes' time. And Erm, Adam Erm, he's going to hop on at 12.40. And we'll talk a little everything. Probably Oilers, probably some Jake DeBrusque, a little bit of everything. But first, it's Cody Jansen live with you today from the Pro Rock Broadcast Studios in beautiful Alberta. Follow me on Twitter at January 31 and the show at World Hockey RPT on Twitter. Join the conversation anytime on 12 Ounce Sports Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Twitch, Zingo TV, Channel 761. That's where you can watch it all. Already the big story of the day. I mean, if you live under a rock, you might have missed it. But for the Oilers, Cody Cece, he's been placed on COVID protocol. They they canceled practice today. It's for precautionary reasons. So obviously, I mean, one test has come back so far. You never know. Maybe it is a false positive. But the team felt it was necessary after seeing what's happened with the Isles, after seeing what's happened with the Sins, to say, hey, maybe we are best to cancel this one. Maybe we're best to sit this one out and, you know, go with maybe we play on a little bit of a shorter timetable for playing Pittsburgh tomorrow night. Maybe it's best that they sit this one out and don't risk practicing and having a star player get COVID. We're seeing how this is. It's not going away anytime soon. And so it's a battle of the Oilers. You can kind of win it now. Or you can lose it in the long run. You don't want to have to have games postponed. Everyone wants to see NHL players at the Olympics. And if more outbreaks happen, we're starting to put that at risk. Because we're pushing back games. And you see it already. It it sucks the winter universe I had in Switzerland has been canceled. So that sucks for those players. It sucks for the staff that would have had the opportunity of a lifetime but end of the day, we're still dealing with COVID, like it or not. It sucks. I don't think I don't need to tell you that. 
but it's something that we still have to live our lives around, especially in professional sports when you're in contact with people a lot more than in your office job or if you're a janitor sweeping floors. You don't have to worry about COVID nearly as much. So it just makes sense right now for the Oilers to push pause and say, hey, let's get everyone tested again, maybe twice, and then we'll think about morning skate tomorrow. Two days off, a day off, that's not going to hurt them. They're professional athletes. They're going to be fine. Also, though, for the Oilers, a couple other changes. Duncan Keith, he goes to IR. They're already short on the back end. Maybe maybe you get Nurse back next week. Maybe that's too soon. Again, you would just hate to push something back, and I know it's a broken finger. I know it's unlikely to happen again, but what happens if you do push it back too soon and it snaps? or you re-injure something else because maybe you're babying it a little bit too much and you're putting stress elsewhere. I'm not a doctor, but I'm saying you don't want it to get worse because you're rushing them back for a midweek game against Pittsburgh or in you know the case of the weekend, something else. Uh, they're calling up Marcus Niebelainen from the AHL in Bakersfield. Obviously, you guys have heard from Ryan Holt if you don't follow him on social media, but he's been pumping this kid's tires for a while. A good prospect for the Oilers. He's he's one that maybe not that many people talk about because of a Samarukov in the system, because Broberg was obviously the 1A down in Bakersfield. But Niebelainen, he's had a couple of solid years. He's not that far away from the big league. I would say... The comfortability factor, and again, this is my opinion. This isn't anyone I've talked to with the team, but I think the comfort factor with William Lagasin in calling him up first was just that he's been in the NHL in recent, and he might be a little bit more reliable if you have to rely on him to play 18 minutes a night in the NHL. Marcus Niemlinen, obviously his ceiling's a little bit higher, than a William Logason, but do you trust him to step in and play 18 minutes a night? I don't think so. So now maybe if he's your number six, maybe he's your number seven guy, you can get him in some games, you can get him that experience, but end of the day, you're going to have to see a lot of heavy lifting from guys like Tyson Berry and Evan Bouchard here. It's not going to be easy. Chris Russell, you think about the load that these guys are going to have to carry, and he's been their seventh defenseman all year. Now you're stepping in, and you're probably going to ask him to play 24 a night at least. Not easy shoes to fill, skates to fill, whatever you want to go with. Alrighty, let's snap it around the league as well. Boston, they have been the center of attention. And not even to go with Brad Marchand saying it's the softest league in the world if you can't tell someone that they're not liked in Russia. I get it. Some people are going to think that was across the line because of the situation that happened last year with Panarin and his family. And I fully understand why someone would take a little extra offense to that. But there's also a part in, you know, it's it's not the worst chirp we've heard in the NHL. I don't think we need to overreact here. I don't think we need to suspend anyone for chirping like that. That's that's the least of the NHL's worries, or at least it should be. And Marshawn, though, he did get a three-game suspension for that sleuth on OEL. I want to know what you're thinking. Let me know. Join the conversation. Comment if you're on Twitter. Whatever you're thinking. I, I mean, it can be regards to you know, anything that we've seen in the past week. Maybe it's a DeBrusque rumor. Do you think he's going to end up in Edmonton? I got another one. And here was, oh, I just had it. Here was the Don Sweeney. He confirmed DeBrusque has uh, requested a trade and would prefer a new opportunity. Those are his words. That being said, the Bruins expect DeBrusque to play tonight. So what makes sense for him? Is it a return out west? I think so. 
But I'm not sure exactly that Edmonton's the perfect opportunity for them. I know the Canucks are a dumpster fire. I know no one's ideal, you know, place to play right now is on the Vancouver Canucks. But that might make sense for DeBrusque. See what type of packages they've got. You could see him working his way into a top six role, playing with some pretty damn good players there. Whereas in Edmonton, I mean, he's a third-line guy. And is he an upgrade on Warren Fogle right now? I'm not saying he's not an upgrade on a Colton Sevier or a Brendan Perlini, because I really think he is. But you also, you, you can't just stick him in a spot due to where you think he should be at. You have to put him where he's playing at. And if he's not a third-line guy, why are you bringing in a fourth-liner if you're the Oilers? You've got guys like Ryan McLeod. You've got the ability right now to work in a Tyler Benson into your lineup. He's a homegrown player. He's been in your system. you got a chance to work him in right now while the team's still winning. Does it make sense to go and add from the outside? I'm not fully convinced. I'm not fully convinced. I guess we'll see. I do like DeBrusque, the player. I think he comes from a great family. I don't think it's a bad option by any means. I just have a hard time seeing exactly where he fits in the Oilers lineup if you spot him there tomorrow and what you have to give up as well. Got to consider the salary cap. The Oilers aren't in a perfect situation right now. Also, this comes out from Frank Saravalli here. The NHL, they're on high alert with COVID-19 positive tests rising, as mentioned today. Uh, the, the memo was sent out to all 32 teams yesterday, effectively canceling all holiday parties in addition to public engagements and events. So the Indian Chell just basically said, screw your party. You can't have it. They're going to take their ball and go home. No, it, it makes sense. And it's something that does it. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm in the wrong here. Do we really think, and I guess if the holiday party includes family, includes friends, then yeah, you got to shut that down ASAP as possible. In the words of the wise Michael Scott. But if it's just a team party, if it's just a team function of guys who are getting tested daily, staff, maybe maybe not tested daily, but you know they're getting tested more than everyone else. Maybe it is. Come Christmas break, you do test guys daily for the week or two before, and then after you got a little bit of time off, you have a team-only party. I don't see anything wrong with that. If you are doing it safely, I don't see anything wrong with that. Maybe I'm in the wrong here, but it's once you start bringing in those outside people, no offense to family and friends, obviously you want to spend Christmas with them, but you don't need a team party of 100 people here. No, that's that's just not going to fly. COVID's still around, and it's still going to linger. So you got to be safe, and if that is canceling team parties, I'm sorry, suck it up for this year. You're still going to make your money. You're still going to be playing in the NHL. I don't feel too, too bad for you. Also, speaking of international hockey, uh, two games going on in the Capital City Challenge in Ottawa. It's Canada Red versus Canada White at 2.30. I guess it's 12.30, so that starts in about uh, 17 minutes. Then you got Canada Black against the Canada's women's national team. This is under 17 here. Winner of both, uh, they play in the final tomorrow at 5 o'clock Alberta time, 7 o'clock Eastern, and I think that's 4 o'clock Pacific. Speaking of international hockey, the Spangler Cup, that's at risk. You hate to see that, especially after all the hard work that you know the, the great people at Sports Travel Tours are doing to put on these incredible trips 2020-21. Even next year, they're planning some crazy stuff. Every time I talk with them, 
They're doing something awesome. And if you've never been to Finland, well, this spring's the time to go. It's kind of early summer, I guess. And you should definitely go check out Finland. Helsinki's incredible. The 2022 World Championships, they're there and the great people at Sports Travel Tours. They want you to experience it as well. Check out all the available packages at sportstraveltours.com. If you're in Canada, just hammer in .ca as well. You get those Canadian prices. Sports Travel Tours. They're going to take you to the World Championships 2022 in Finland. Already the Buffalo Sabres, they've placed uh, Christian Wolanin on waivers today. Evander Kane, he obviously cleared. Is he going to go down to the minors? Is he going to get traded? Well, we'll catch up with our San Jose Sharks insider after the commercial break. The Americans, they've actually just announced their World Junior roster for camp here. I thought these were supposed to come out tomorrow, but Chris Peters, he got the scoop here. Obviously, I mean, your forwards, you've got your big guns, you've got your Matty Berniers, you got your Brent Berard. I think they're going to be good. Not close to as good as last year, though. It's awesome to see Jake Sanderson. He's coming back. Tyler Clevin as well. Landon Slager, too. So you got three returnees up front. Not in goal. You got Drew Camesso. Good product there. Caden Burko, Luke Pavicic, and uh, Dylan Silverstein back end. Barons, you got Brock Faber as well. So Clevin Sanderson. You got some good players on the back end for the Americans up front. I think that's going to be their issue. We'll talk betting odds a little bit later on. Maybe we'll get Philly Pete on to talk. I, I don't know how much he's betting on the World Juniors and stuff. I think he's like 12 of the last 14 days or 16 days. He's gone positive. So we're gonna we have to get him on the show later this week. I mean, Philly Pete's a must. Anytime you want to make some money, he's our go-to guy. But International Hockey Capital City Challenge. Check it out. All the games are being streamed online. Hockey Canada is taking care of that. Canada, the Olympic roster, or uh, the World Junior roster, that comes out tomorrow. It'll be interesting to see if Connor Bedard comes on. Adam doesn't think so. We'll get Irm's opinion at 1240 here on World Hockey Airport. As he throws that one out there right now. So, I mean, is Connor Bedard, do you put him on because of the ceiling? Or do you leave him off because he's had a tough start? I think that comes down to where, where you see him in the lineup. If you can see him producing on the fourth line, maybe you do give him a shot. But you also can't just throw him on the team because of his name. You still have to put the best team on the ice. It's Canada. There's the, the, there's no expectation higher in the hockey world than Canada at the World Juniors. It's gold or bust. That's what it is. And so if Connor Bedard doesn't give you the best chance to win, I'm sorry, but you can't have him on the team. You can't take him just because you're like, hey, there's a good chance this kid goes first overall. That's not how it works. Canadians, you know how they're going to react, and they won't be happy. Speaking of junior hockey, the Ontario Hockey League, they've uh, hit pause on the Sudbury Wolves season. 12 players have tested positive for COVID-19. I believe it's their next three games that they're going to be uh, passing up on. Also, new Morning Skate podcast is out. You guys know our friends at the Morning Skate are the absolute best. Cad, Dev, all those guys, they are awesome. They're talking about the Kajuk and Lemieux biting incident, Marchand suspension, Montreal changes. Those are major. I didn't know how much we wanted to dive into. I'm going to ask Adam about them later on. Like the Montreal changes, those are kind of expected. And we want to sit here for half an hour talking about if Danny Briere or Patrick Waugh's the best GM. I don't really think it's a conversation at this point. I think Patrick Waugh's the guy. 
I would bet money on it. I'd bet a hundred bucks. And if you want to do that, join the conversation right now at 12 ounce sports. And it is a bet. Also Evander Kane, he's waved Ked, uh, shout out to Chris Russell. This was his piece. Chris Russell, now the all time NHL leader in shot blocks. That's pretty impressive. No, the all time leader in shot blocks at the NHL level. Guys have never shot the puck this hard ever in the game of hockey. And Chris Russell, that guy is an absolute warrior. Again, Oilers, they placed Cody CC in COVID protocol practice today. That gets postponed. Huge news for the New Jersey Devils. If you're a Devils fan, congrats. The kid's back. Jack Hughes, he's playing tonight. He confirmed it on Twitter. We'll dive into the slate of evening games later on in the show. And Eric Krauss, our social media guy, he's got an article out. Does Sweden have the best blue line at the Olympics? You can go read that, 12OunceSportsNetwork.com. Eric Krauss, a writer there. After the break, Shane Fang, hopping up. We'll talk Sharks. It's Cody Jansen, World Hockey Airport, and we are presented by Lord Coano Parts. <laughs> Follow Team Canada with sports travel tours in their bid to win back-to-back world championships. Canada will play all their games in beautiful Helsinki, Finland, and will face Switzerland, Germany, and Russia. Sports travel tour packages include a fantastic hotel, all transfers, amazing game tickets, a tour host, as well as a pre-game party. Check out the official world championship packages at sportstraveltours.com. Football fans, I'm sure we all love an action-packed, high-scoring NFL game, but with the latest no-brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you'll be a winner once a single point scored. New customers who bet just $1 on any NFL team to score can win $100 in free bets. It's that simple. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $1 on any team to score and win $100 in free bets if they score. You can score with promo code THPN this week. Week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 years or older, New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit, $1 wager required, one per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. What we do here is go back, 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 back. All right, it's World Hockey Report. It's a beautiful twin. It's a Tuesday, not a Wednesday. Can't go with that one. November 30th. We're almost in December. Holy time's flown by. Thrilled Hockey Report, presented by Lord Coato Parts. Visit Lord Go's in-store truck centers at select locations today. They also got a new location, Calgary Trail Northwest, right here in Edmonton. All right, let's go to the Quackstats hotline and hook up with our friend Shang Peng. He's the editor-in-chief of San Jose Hockey Now, contributor at NBC Sharks, and co-host of the San Jose Hockey Now podcast. Shang joins the line. How's it going? Pretty good. Uh, I am in uh, Newark uh, right now, actually covering the actual Sharks team while Evander Kane is uh, practicing uh, with the AHL team. 
Well, lucky you. I mean, not a bad city to be in. Although, hopefully, winter hasn't hit there too hard yet, eh? You're not too cold? No, no, no. It's not, it's not too bad. And uh, I, used to, I, I used to live in New York, so I'm not a, a Californian that's uh, exposed for the first time out here. So I, I, I know how it is out here. Okay, there we go. So we don't have to be worried about your uh, your health and safety. It's not too cold for you there, Shang. I, I mean, you, you brought <laughs> no, up no, Van- thirty degrees won't kill me. <laughs> <laughs> you brought up a Vander Kane already, so we might as well dive into it. Obviously, you know he's going to report to the miners, and, and you've got your connections as well. Do you think a trade's imminent? Do you think we're going to be waiting for a little while? Do you think there's action that needs to be taken before a team takes a flyer on him? What's the latest you've heard? Um, I have heard that there is indeed interest, but the interest is not clear. You know, is the interest in taking in his, uh, his uh, four years of contract remaining? Um, obviously, it wasn't in taking in the full contract because the vendor was put on waivers and no one touched him. Uh, so now the question is, uh, will somebody take him if the Sharks retain? And the Sharks are believed to be willing to retain half of a vendor's uh, vendor's got four years, $28 million left. So that's a lot of money. Uh, but again, though, with a vendor, though, there's always that, that risk though. You don't know what's going to happen with this guy. You don't know, uh, uh, what, what he's going to do, be it, uh, to disrupt a locker room, which he's done in three different cities now, uh, Winnipeg, Buffalo, and now San Jose, uh, or, uh, something off the ice. And, to have that contract on the books for that long, uh, there's going to be that. There's going to be a risk. I'm not sure if there's a team that's willing to take it, uh, even if the Sharks are willing to sweeten the pot with a draft pick or two. Uh, but uh, so we'll we'll see. I think that's very much up in the air. I mean, there's no doubt that there's interest in Evander Kane, the player, on the ice. Uh, you know, he's a 30 year old guy. He he skates fast. He hits hard. Uh, he, in, in very many ways, is a prototypical kind of power forward, uh, maybe a new age power forward because, you know, he's fast, too. You know, not in the old days, the power forward is a little bit slower. So anyway, uh, he, uh, so he, in a lot of ways, is an ideal hockey player. And so there's always going to be interest in a player like that, but it's all the other stuff. And so it's a good question about whether or not uh, uh, if and when a trade will happen. Uh, but right now, though, I think the Sharks are buying time. Uh, they definitely don't want him with a big club or he would be here in New Jersey with me. <laughs> uh, um, so they don't want him around for that, but this is a way uh, the Barracuda by playing in the AHL is a chance for Vanner to show that, you know, he's on his best behavior and also show that, uh, you know, at least he, even though the level of competition is inferior to his skill level, you know, show that he's on his game, you know, he's skating well, uh, he's fit. Uh, things of that nature. Do you think the organization is a little upset? And I've heard some rumblings uh, around mostly. I think it might have been the fourth period. That was one of the first ones to put it out there that they weren't able to just terminate the contract due to some of his off-ice issues. Obviously, that is a lot of legal work that goes into there. That is way above my knowledge. But do you thinking there? Do you think there's a little bit of hope from the organization that they'd just be able to terminate the contract and move on because they know how big of a hassle it's going to be to move this guy now, even if they eat half his salary? Well, to terminate a contract takes, uh, you know, uh, really a, a lot. And uh, in and if you, if you look at what Evander has done, what he has been, um, I guess I guess I guess what they have, uh, uh, they know for sure, right? They know he violated COVID protocols. Uh, they know that the locker room doesn't want him around. Uh, that's not that's not enough to 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 get a guy's contract terminated. Um, 
there is the other stuff involved with Evander, you know, uh, assaulting uh, his uh, estranged wife that couldn't be substantiated. And just because it wasn't substantiated doesn't mean that it didn't happen. But if you can't substantiate that, you can't, you know, throw the book uh, at him for that. Uh, obviously, the gambling on 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 his games um, that wasn't enough uh, to uh, uh, that that was he was he was cleared of that he was exonerated of that and so you can't get him for that and uh, he does continue uh, he, apparently there's multiple stories of him uh, keeping you know continuing with 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 his gambling uh, even after uh, he got the shark sued uh, and he declared bankruptcy uh, because uh, in part because of his gambling. Um, but again, though, you know, unless there's some kind of clause in your contract, uh, that states, you know, you can't do this, you can't do that. It just, it's just not enough to, to get the contract terminated. So if the Sharks are upset about it, I'm not really sure that, you know, they're the ones to blame for signing a vendor to a seven year, $49 million contract in 2018 when there were clear, clear, uh, red flags with signing a guy like this who had his off the ice history and that sort of thing. Um, so I'm, I, I don't know. I, I haven't heard that the Sharks are upset about that. And if they are, again, you know, I think that they really need to be uh, uh, more uh, concerned with themselves uh, and what they did and why they signed him and why they made that kind of commitment to him and, and why they kind of fell, you know, for his couple of good months of good behavior that when they traded for him. You literally just read my third question was like, did the Sharks not understand the red flags before they traded for him from the pictures of him with the money phone in Winnipeg to his actions off the ice in Buffalo that obviously stirred up a lot of team drama? Like, there, I mean, again, hindsight's twenty twenty, but there has to be some fault that falls on the Sharks here that's like, hey, we might have just handcuffed ourselves because we didn't do our due diligence looking into a player. No, absolutely, I agree, and it's it's not even as simple as hindsight as twenty twenty. Like you could say that in some cases, you know, you draft a guy who has a uh, you know clean clean record before, and stuff happens. Oh, he's not a he's not a good guy after all. Okay, you know, uh, that that does happen, and in, in that case, you, you you know you can't necessarily blame the team there. Uh, but in this case, though, in twenty eighteen, you know, uh, you know, uh, there were clear you know red flags. You know, in Buffalo, he had been accused, I believe, of. Um, well, two, 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 uh, cases or uh, varieties of, uh, sexual assault. I'm not sure the exact wording of it, so I don't want to be, I think one was harassment. I think one might have been, uh, uh, assault. Um, but, uh, by two, two different parties there. Uh, obviously there were the locker room issues that, uh, weren't just alleged. You know, they, you know, if, if you talk to people, uh, if you, you know, I could go talk to people now who, who, uh, who were in Buffalo and Winnipeg with them and it was, it was out there. It wasn't like, 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 uh, like, uh, like it was, it was under wraps what was going on in the locker room in Buffalo and, and, uh, and Winnipeg. And it all, you know, came out publicly too, obviously with, uh, with Buffalo and, uh, and the tracksuit and fighting Justin Falk in Buffalo. So, so there was both public and private, you know, uh, issues, locker room issues there. And so, you know, I understand the, the player is a phenomenal player. Like I said, in a lot of ways, he's sort of a prototypical ideal player. Um, but again, you know, to sign him to a near maximum contract to me was, yeah, I mean, there, there, there's, I don't think there is really any defending it, in my opinion. I, I would love to know the due diligence, uh, the, the, the background uh, checks that the Sharks did to, to sign him to a near maximum in, in, uh, in, in the summer of 2018, because I, 
again, yeah, I, I, I you know, uh, I, I have no idea why why they would have they would have done that. I mean, I imagine some other team would have would have signed him to a big contract. Let him let him be the problem. Then another team's willing to commit more more years to him. But anyway. Sometimes it is all about those goals. They're hard to come by in the NHL. Shang Peng, my guest here. We're talking no, Sharks. Really. Now we got we to gotta flip over to the, the good side of this team because I think there has been a lot more bright spots than some people might have expected. And, and obviously, I think James Reimer, the way he started, has to be one of the first that sticks out to me of like, Wow, what in his first seven games or something, he had a nine forty save percentage. Like that that's a nice little surprise to fall into the Sharks lap this year, eh? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh yeah, the Sharks were actually hoping that Aiden Hill would be the one that to kind of uh, run uh, run with the ball. They traded a second round pick uh to the Coyotes uh, for Aiden Hill. And it turns out that it's uh, James Reimer who they signed as a UFA to sort of be, uh, I think, oh, ideally a 1B to Hill's 1A. It sort of worked in, re- in reverse where uh, Reimer is the, is the 1A or actually the starter right now. I uh, don't know how long it will last because uh, James doesn't have a history of you know playing 60 games or 55-plus games or whatever. In fact, I think his career high is 44. Uh, but, you know, you take it uh, while you can, and hopefully that buys Aiden Hill time to get his game together so he can go on, on a run. Either way, though, uh, this goaltending is a, yeah, is a very pleasant surprise compared to the last three years of uh, Martin Jones and his uh, sub-90 uh, save percentage. Uh, also, too, I, I think a couple other huge uh, or very pleasant surprises that uh, may be real. Uh, Timo Meyer. Timo Meyer is off to one of the best starts in San Jose Sharks history. Uh, he has 20 points in 16 games. Uh, that's the um, the fewest games to 20 points in Sharks history, uh, only behind uh, Joe Thornton and Patrick Marlowe. So that's pretty good company that Timo's keeping right now. And I uh, don't know if Timo's going to score 100 points uh, like uh, like that number suggests uh, he might, but he's having a very, very good season. He looks like he's really taking, taking a step toward being a true uh, top-line winger. And uh, night after night, he's usually the Sharks' best forward. And also, so I think the other uh, big uh, positive this year that we've seen, and you don't see every game, but in general, though, the Sharks, the team defense has actually been uh, uh, top 10 in terms of uh, uh, allowing the fewest quality chances. This is a per sport logic. Um, and so I think those, those are some, some, some real things that those two, in particular, Timo and the team defense, that might keep the Sharks kind of uh, around the fringe of the playoff race for a little longer than people expected this year. So in 13 games this year, James Reimer is a 933 still. That's crazy. That's unexpected numbers yeah. for him. And as you said, I mean, if that's your 1B, you're absolutely laughing. If he can give you 40 games at that, that's awesome. But yeah, you do hope Aiden Hill can climb above 900, can maybe string together a, a good couple of weeks or a stretch or something like that. But also, you mentioned the team defense was awesome, and obviously you got to look towards your leaders here, Shang, and Brent Burns and Eric Carlson, from what I've seen from them this year, they've kind of not fully come back to form, but they've taken their game to another level again that people weren't sure that they had. Yeah, yeah, full full credit first to to Brent. Uh, the, uh, this year and last year, uh, he's taken up a lot of the defensive slack. You know, in, in the old days with Peter DeBoer, uh, Brent Burns was would be the the defenseman that the Sharks threw out there in any kind of offensive zone faceoff, and that makes sense because you want uh, Brent and his big shot, uh, you know, off the faceoff to to fire away with traffic in front. Um, and the last two years, though, with uh, with uh, Mark Edward Vlasic's decline. And just other things going on with the team's defense. Uh, Brent Burns has had to take in 
to take a lot of the defensive load off. So he and Mario Ferraro have become basically the team shut down pairing, uh, which really isn't, uh, when you think of Brent Burns, you don't think of him as a shut down defenseman. And I'm not saying he's a perfect shutdown defenseman, but he's been very game and he's done a good job overall considering just the, the difficulty of the position he's, he, he's in. So, uh, so I think, uh, I, I looked it up, um, last year at least, uh, he was getting, uh, six less offensive zone faceoffs, uh, a game because he has to play so much on defense. So, so full credit to Brent for playing the same minutes as he always has, but now a lot more on defense. And uh, with Eric Carlson, yeah, uh, Eric Carlson, yeah, you're right. I don't think he's quite uh, – I mean, he will probably never you know, be that guy uh, that he was in, in Ottawa, but he is better than he was last year for sure, and you can see a lot of it on defense. Uh, last year, uh, Eric, uh, to be honest, was uh, could be a disaster at times, especially uh, off the rush. Uh, uh, players were taking forwards were taking advantage of him, uh, his rush defense, you know, time after time, any, you know, and, and not, not just like the Connor McDavid's or Nathan McKinnon's of the world who can beat anybody on the rush, but, you know, you know guys like Don Scoy, uh, just imagine just remember some of the, the, the tapes I watched last year, Connor Garland, you know, pretty good players, but not, again, not McKinnon or, or McDavid. Uh, were making him look really bad on the rush. And this year seems to have a kind of, uh, a, Stem to tight on it. It's not like he's become a great rush defender, but uh, he hasn't been, uh, uh, you know, a highlight reel, uh, um, a highlight reel bad uh, uh, this year at, at it. And along with that, with his defensive improvement, um, you know, there's a, a offensive improve, improvement too from from Eric. And so, yeah, overall, uh, in that sense, yeah, the, the, those guys, you know, they may not be the Norris guys anymore, but uh, they are closer to. Uh, what they were this season than than they have than they have been in previous seasons, especially Carlson. I think it's safe to say they're doing their job, and that's a big thing. And one of the young guns too, Shang. I got a minute with you left here, William Eklund. You know, he gets sent back to Sweden. Are, are you confident he's going to be back with the big club? I mean, I didn't. I, I think I watched one full game, and he played nine this year. He had four assists in those games. Mm-hmm. You know, he's nineteen years old, so next year he's going to be twenty. Do you think he's going to be ready for the the big club next year? Or do you think maybe, I, I don't know. It seems a little weird to me that when they get sent back to Sweden, obviously there's contract issues in that. But do you think he's going to be able to make the jump next year again? Uh, I thought that he was ready uh, this year. I, I know physically he doesn't look like much. Uh, he you know, is definitely a boy out there uh, among men, but his hockey brain is far superior of, of so many uh, NHL players. I think that he would have survived and at times thrived with it, uh, 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 with if he had stayed with the Sharks this year. So, uh, so yeah, so to answer your question, yes, I think he will be ready. He'll be a little bit more physically strong, uh, and that's going to do that, that. That should do wonders for him. And so, uh, instead of just surviving uh, this year, which I think he would have done, uh, you know, maybe he'll he'll thrive a little more next year with uh, with a little more strength and still, you know, that same kind of brilliant hockey mind. Awesome breakdown. Shank, thank you so much for taking the time. I know you're a busy man. Enjoy the East Coast. That's awesome. And we'll uh, touch base with you in the new year. Uh, sounds good. Thanks for having me. Shang Pang right there joining us on World Hockey Report. Of course, he wears many hats, but you've probably either heard him on the San Jose Hockey Now podcast. He has also contributed to NBC Sharks, and he's the editor-in-chief of San Jose Hockey Now. So huge thanks to Shank for hopping on the show. We're going to get Irm on. We'll talk Montreal. We'll talk Canada World Juniors. How about your thoughts on this? Jonathan Quick defending Brendan Lemieux, the biting incident. 
of Brady Kachuk. Here's what he said, I quote, I have my own opinion about what happened or did not happen last night. This was obviously a couple days ago. And what I can tell you is that any comment that were made about Pep were garbage. We all support him, and I'd rather have him on my team over that kid any day of the week. Do you really think Jonathan Quick would rather have Brendan Lemieux on his team over Brady Kachuk? I mean, I'm sorry. I'm a Quick guy. I'm a Quick fan. was a big fan of those Kings teams. Kind of an asinine comment. I mean, no one in their right mind. No one. No one's taking Brendan Lemieux over Brady Kachuk. Also, I'm just seeing this video here. Ryan Rashong put it out. Malk, and he's still working out some of the kinks, skating hard, pushing himself today in Edmonton. Penguins on the practice rink. Oilers, they obviously canceled their skiing after Cody Cece gets put on protocol. Already, let's step aside. We come back. We'll talk with Erm. We'll talk some World Juniors. We'll talk some NHL. You guys already know what it is. It's World Hockey Airport. Cody Jansen coming to you live from the Pronoc Broadcast Studios in beautiful Alberta today. Follow me on Twitter at Janner31 underscore and the show at World Hockey RPT. Join the conversation. If you got a question, get them in now because Erm's next. Team Canada with Sports Travel Tours in their bid to win back-to-back world championships. Canada will play all their games in beautiful Helsinki, Finland, and will face Switzerland, Germany, and Russia. Sports Travel Tour packages include a fantastic hotel, all transfers, amazing game tickets, a tour host, as well as a pre-game party. Check out the official world championship packages at sportstraveltours.com. Football fans, I'm sure we all love an action-packed, high-scoring NFL game, but with the latest no-brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you'll be a winner once a single point scored. New customers who bet just $1 on any NFL team to score can win $100 in free bets. It's that simple. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, bet $1 on any team to score, and win $100 in free bets if they score. You can score with promo code THPN this week week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 years or older, New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit, $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. What we do here is go back, 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 back. All right, it's Cody Jansen, World Hockey Report. It is a beautiful Tuesday up here in the great white north and we're presented by lord Kowato parts find a store near you at lordco.com you want to join the conversation you got a question for us get them in now 19 minutes left in the show so yeah move your ass get those questions in let's snap it over to saskatchewan adam urban trout joins us erm i mean we we were kind of kicking tires at the world juniors and and the big story that everyone's wondering for the roster reveal tomorrow is connor bedard and you've seen enough of this kid and, and you know you know enough about the western league 
he's he's not even going to be a fourth liner on this team in your opinion or do you think he might squeak on based on I don't think merit's the right word but maybe just his name yeah I'm, I'm not really sure I mean he's 16 years old I think that's the the biggest thing right and I think unless you're an impact player at, at 16 then you're probably not going to do it and his stats are I mean I'll, I'll say a little underwhelming in the in the dub with Regina he's only got 17 points and 21 games and I mean I don't think the team's very good but in the same breath I mean 16 year old kid playing fourth line at the world juniors I, I don't think I see it so what's up with Ottawa's pick here Tyler Boucher do you know the story about why he's not on their roster I mean like that's a that's a high pick to kind of get a world junior snub yeah I, I don't know if there's much of a story I, I think when when Ottawa took him he was ranked like I don't know, 30th, 35th. And they took him at 10, which I, I think was, was a little crazy, but they, they kind of compared him to Tom Wilson at the time. And they said, this kid's got a lot of work to do, but at a ceiling, he's Tom Wilson. He's a good player, but I don't think that's the type of guy that you're going to bring to the Royal juniors. And, you know, everything's about speed and skill now. And, and this guy's more of a role player. So I'm surprised he didn't get more of a look, but um, I'm not really surprised at the style of player that they want. So, I mean, I'm not surprised to see Drew Camesso on there as the American goaltender, but Tucker Tynan not being on there is, you know, that's a little bit of a weird one. I know he's had a rougher, you know, past month or so in the OHL. He had a great start. It's kind of tailed off a little bit. But again, I, I, I really, outside of that, I don't see this team being that incredible. Obviously, I'd assume Jake Sanderson's going to be the captain. Other than that, like, or, or am I wrong in saying I don't think the Americans are going to be that good this year? Like bronze is probably their ceiling at the World Juniors. Yeah, I was, I was just thinking about that before coming on. I think uh, you know they're going to need to rely on Jake Sanderson playing thirty minutes and Matt Beniers playing twenty five minutes because after their their top guys, I'm not really sure that I love the love the depth and you know everybody says this is a, a nineteen year old tournament and these guys kind of have a lot of a lot of 18-year-olds who just got drafted. I'm sure Matt Coronado, the Flames pick, and Matthew Nyes will be on the team. But, you know, they're they're a younger team with not a lot of high-end picks. I mean, last year you looked at the, the state team and said all oh, these guys had 16 guys drafted in the NHL off their national team or whatever. And this year, I, I don't think that's, that's going to be the case. You don't think? I think I can tell you right now that ain't going to be the damn case, sir. Hey, Canada, though, uh, Sebastian Kosa, he's up here in Edmonton. I mean, great kid, great family. He's a big goaltender. He moves well. And he's, he's really kind of settled into that major junior role where maybe, yeah, he wasn't that, you know, crisp or clean when he first started. But I think he is going to be, you know, one of the goalies of the future. It's no mistake why he was drafted higher than Jesper Wallstadt. But for Canada, when you look at him, is he probably the best goalie at the World Juniors? You'd have to assume so. I think Askarov still has one more year. So, I mean, we'll see how many times he drops the stick this year. But Kosa's definitely got to be the guy. Uh, Wallstedt, you kind of wonder um, how he'll do for Sweden. But I think, you know, how many times does a goalie get taken in the top 15 of the draft? I think it's all said and done right there with Kosa. And we'll see how Askarov does because he's been on some underwhelming Russian teams the last couple of years. I was hoping you were going to bring up Askarov. Is it Askarov or Askarov? Uh, they were saying a scar. Gordon Ray were saying a scar of last year. Okay, well, they probably know a little bit better than me. But again, I, I think I'm taking Kosa over a, a scar off. Is that crazy to say? When I think of NHL potential, Adam, right now, 
I would bet the farm that Kosa plays more NHL games and has a better NHL career. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to dispute that at all. I think, I mean, they're they're kind of the same size, but Askarov hasn't proven anything. And, you know, not to be nationalist or, or whatever, it's to get a guy over from Russia and just the adjusting style of play, right? Kosa plays right in the Oilers' rank, right? So I think adjusting the style of play is going to play a huge factor in it too. And let's say Askarov gets here next year or when he's 21, then, you know, he's going to need two years to develop in the minors probably. So, you know, there's definitely a path, but I think Coast is probably the the better bet, I would say. Here's my issue with Askarov, and I do believe he's got a long-term contract. Like, I still think he's got, like, two years left overseas, doesn't he? I'm pretty sure. I think sure. so, yeah. So, it was, like, three when he got drafted, so maybe a year or two. Yeah, okay, maybe, maybe it is a year or two. But he's still not playing in the KHL full-time, Adam. He's played 10 games this year. He has a 900 in the KHL in five games with Ska, and he's got a 913 in the VHL, which we all know isn't that amazing of a league. I mean, that is ECHL level at best. It ain't that good of a league, the VHL. So there, there's something here that's not ticking in my mind. You know, this is a kid who had a 951 last year in nine KHL games, and he has drastically dropped off. He had an 852 in the Russian international team at the Karjala Cup. I just don't see it. I don't want to rip on a kid and call him a bust well, already, to, but I don't see it. Just just to hop in here, he's played like 50 games the last three years. That's not enough for a developing goalie, right? And what's Costa going to play this year? 50? Probably. Like, you know, it's... Yeah, so it's, it's crazy to see that this guy's played 11 this year. He played 20 last year. He played like 35 the year before but half of that's international and and not club teams where you're grinding and traveling so yeah i mean definitely a long way to go but when you think about that like international too you know the the world junior games that's quality ice time those preseason games that ain't quality ice time when you're playing against like slovakian second tier teams as a preseason tune-up that ain't quality time when you're developing. I don't know. It doesn't make sense. Again, we will we'll move on. Let's talk some NHL Montreal. They clear house. Jeff Gorton comes in. So if you got to choose right now as a GM, are you taking Danny Breer? Are you taking Patrick Waugh? Oh, um, I don't know. I I think I would lean Patrick Waugh just because I, I he's been around the NHL um, more recently, and I think had is more. I would say beloved in Montreal, obviously the way it ended was a little different, but for Briere, I mean, he's been in the coast for a couple of years and sure he interviewed for the AGM in Arizona and stuff, but I think Patrick Waugh just has, has more of that and has more of a relationship with Montreal than, than Briere did. And, you know, I think Danny Briere is going to be a, a GM one day, but I think you need to work under some, somebody and maybe Jeff Molson says, okay, well he can be the GM, but you know, if, Jeff Gordon's here. He can work with him. Then I I don't really like that just because you bring a guy to be the GM, you know, here he's the guy making the trades, but if he has to verify everything with Jeff Gordon, then what's the point of that? That's fair. Is Dominic Ducharme still your guy? If you are in Montreal, like are, are you thinking a coaching change is going to be imminent after this season? I don't think they'll do something in season unless they really spiral down. But like, do you think Ducharme's got uh, some job security left? Uh, I don't know. I, I'll save this. I'll give him this season, and then I'm assuming he'll bring it, be out just that, you know, 
and they're still playing Claude Julian, I guess, until he gets hired, if he gets hired somewhere else. So, you know, as rich as Montreal is, it's, it's still, uh, they're still coming out of pandemic, but I think, um, you know, Ducharme will probably last a year and then I'm sure they'll do a, a search for a guy and, or maybe Gordon likes him. Cause usually GMs want to bring in their own guys, which we see 90% of the time. Right. What was your thoughts on the Brady Kachuk biting incident? I want to know your thoughts because it's it's disgusting. It is. I don't think they've handed out a suspension yet for Lemieux, but I would say it's probably got to be five at least. Like it, it's it's just so over the line. It's outrageous. And then you've got people defending Brendan Lemieux. Ugh. Yeah, I mean, I I don't really have. I don't really know what thoughts you could have on it. Just that you can't do that, and <laughs> I mean, it's pretty clear that you can't do that. Like. You know, it's every time a guy like, and this has happened a couple of times where it's like, oh, this guy might've got bit, this guy might've done this or that. But, you know, I, I think it was pretty clear, like Kachuk had like bite marks on his hand and you could kind of see like right away his reaction to it. So, yeah, I mean, you can't do it probably what a six or seven game suspension. I think, um, yeah, I, it's Bush League to do that clearly. Do you think you needed a tetanus shot? I don't even know what a tetanus shot is. I'm not a doctor, but like, it just seems like outrageous. That's like you can bite someone on the ice. What even goes through your mind? Like, wouldn't you be a little disgusted to bite someone? I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. Like I, I just don't like that's, that's just. Nasty. Have you ever bit like, someone in ASHL, Adam? No, I don't <laughs> ever take off my gloves. <laughs> They're glued on it. Eh? Yeah, pretty much. Just my stick. Hey, let's talk Oilers here, and they are in trouble if I've ever seen it. You got Duncan Keith on IR. You got Cody Cece and COVID protocol. Like, right now, your defense, I'm just going off the top of my head right now. You've got Barry. You've got Russell. You've got Bouchard. You've got Broberg. Niemalainen. Who am I missing right now? Oh, Logason. Like, that That could be your six tomorrow night against, you know, Pittsburgh. And Pittsburgh's been playing all right here. Like, that's a tough back end if you're Edmonton. Yeah, I mean, I don't, it's like, honestly, you could be like, oh, well, you know, it's kind of like how the Senators were when they had their COVID outbreak and, you know, had to call up every defenseman from Belleville. But this is just one COVID issue. Everybody else is hurt. Like, yeah. Cuckoo Keith, Nurse, all hurt. Like, right. So, and I, I think Nurse is probably close, probably, it seems like a week or so away. But yeah, it's, it's crazy. I mean, Broberg's played pretty well. Um, Barry and Bouchard have, have definitely stepped up, and Chris Russell kind of does his thing. So it's not the worst thing to you know see a guy like Broberg and say, okay, maybe maybe this guy can help us come come March and April. But yeah, I mean they're in a really tough spot. It's not like Pittsburgh is you know the team that they once were, and they're they're kind of missing Malkin, which is a a big piece. But you'd have to imagine that Chris Russell and Bouchard get a, the majority of the Crosby matchup. I'd say tomorrow. Malkin was ripping the pill today at the practice rink there. Shogger put out the video. He's snapping it around. I think he'll come back and be on an absolute mission, and it's going to just lead right into the Olympics for him. I think that's what he's motivated to come back for. Surprised Shogger wasn't still talking to Jake DeBrus, the agent of best friend. <laughs> I seen you getting roasted for that. I was, I was like, well, oh, the, the Adam's picking a fight said, Tuesday morning. Well, like I understand, like, and the guys like you do realize that Louis DeBrusque works through the Oilers or Sportsnet. I'm like, yeah, he works for Sportsnet. Why would he? Why would he be feeding Spectre or some somebody that information, right? So that was kind of my gripe there. And it's like when 
Ryan Rashog was with uh, when Nugent Hopkins was going through all that in the in the summer with free agency. Rashog was the first guy to do it because he he clearly has some sort of relationship with uh, Rick Follett. Yeah. Doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure that one out. Hey, speaking of Olympics, though, now that I got my uh, mind on that track, Tristan Jari, I know he's not on the long list or whatever, but he's having a bounce back season, man. I think we're going to have to eat some of the mean words we said about him. I'm not going to dig up any mean tweets, but oof, he is on a FU tour if I've ever seen it. Yeah, he, I mean, he was the only reason that Pittsburgh got a point yesterday and 18 games this year. He's got a 9.38 save percentage. Like, it's hard to argue. He's probably up for the Vesna this year. It's either him or Markstrom, the the two guys that were playing yesterday. But you look at the World Juniors. You know, Carter Hart has a 9.20, or sorry, the Olympics. Carter Hart has a 9.20. Bennington has a 9.13. Um, Blackwood has a 9.22, but he he's been hurt a bit this year. So, yeah, and you know, if you're assuming that Carey Price won't be there, I mean, he hasn't played a game this year, right? So, yeah. I, Things like Tristan Jari could definitely be on the the list and outside. And last year, it's not like he was terrible. He just had a he had a really bad playoffs. But you know, you look the year before nine twenty one, and then this year nine thirty eight. It's not like you know he doesn't have the experience and he's played in big games before already. He, he won a Memorial Cup with Edmonton. How screwed are the Islanders right now? When I look at the standing and I see them have twelve points, they're eight back of Philly in the Metro for second last. Like. Is this team done? Is it a write-off year for them just because they kind of ran into that COVID issue? Because that's a huge gap to make up here. Yeah, I, I don't even know if it's the COVID issue. Right? Like they, they started 13 games on the road, which sucks. But I think Calgary played like seven of their first 19 games at home or something like that, and they have three losses, right? Like they, they went out east and went six and one, so... I mean, the road trip sucks, but you're still playing hockey. Like, sure, you don't get to sleep in your own bed and stuff, but you're still playing hockey. And I think that a lot of people discredited the losses of, of Jordan Eberle and Nick Letty, and it's not like Zach Parise. I mean, he was bought out for a reason, right? So, yeah, I think that, you know, they're, they're ways of, of winning two-win games. And, you know, if you look at the their identity line of Matt Martin, Clutterbuck, and Sezik, it's there. <laughs> They haven't been very good this year, and you know that's that's a big part of that team. And you know, I, I you start to wonder where it's like, okay, if Matt Barzell, like you know, if the Islanders want to shake it, that's kind of the guy you look towards. He's got a year left, I think, a year left after this one on his contracts. He was only three years, and you know, eventually something's going to have to give. Where it's like, he's probably upset. Where he's like, you're turning me into a sixty-point guy. It could be an eighty-five-point guy. So we'll see what happens. I mean, they've got a lot of kind of middling forwards uh, with no real direction. It would be fun to see Barzell in another organization just to see where his true ceiling would be at. Like imagine him, I, I'm just going to say in Edmonton because I know it's unrealistic, but like just just imagine him playing with good players and having that run and gun style that a teams, you know, the fun teams like Florida get to play. Also, defensemen, you got to eat your words here because Alex Petrangelo has been phenomenal and the analytics darlings actually agree with me for once here. Like, he is crushing it in Vegas. Yeah, I mean, I I can't really go against that at all, but at the same time, if you watch that Vegas game Saturday, they were they were really bad, and I mean, Petrangelo was giving up. A well, they still have zero no, forward depth, Adam. They've got nothing. Like their their top line, and no offense, love Chandler Stevenson. He is the perfect third line center. They don't have that great of a hockey team. 
but their back end strong, and they've built from the back end out. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not going to discredit that. Just going back to the Islanders one second, I want to make this point on, on Montreal. Get it on the me. Islanders haven't had a the Islanders haven't had a a player that they drafted play for them since 2018, and then like they, it's just years of missing on draft picks. You know the the key for Bellows, you know the Michael Dalcole, Josh Hosang. Like they've drafted pretty poorly, and and you look at Montreal. There's years there, you know Louis LeBlanc, Michael McCarron, Nikita Sherbach, Jared Snort. You know it's eventually like everybody's like, oh, the team's really struggling this year. Eventually, you you look back and you say because they have no players on entry-level deals who are really helping them, right? Yeah. I mean, that's fair. I didn't know about the draft thing. Oof, Lou, maybe maybe we'll launch a couple of junior games in there. Already, last thing, we got a minute here, but uh, Jack Campbell's looking awesome in Toronto, and Morgan Riley's really found his stride. So I think this could be the, the year that the Leafs get out of the first round. I don't know. I think they get a favorable matchup. I think they got a chance. They're they're looking a little bit different, and I know it's a hot streak, and I know it's too early to peak, but you got to give Toronto some credit here. Yeah, no, you, you definitely do. But I mean, you you look at it. Who are they going to play in the in the first round? They're either going to play like Tampa like or Florida, Philly. right? If, they're going to play well, Philly. They're going to they, end up if, first if they continue on their on their streak. But yeah, I mean, but we have to kind of take a step back here. Jack Campbell's been a starter in the NHL for twenty games like a number one star for 20 games and we'll see how it goes you know it's what november 30th today we'll we'll see how he does in, in march and april so you know i'm i'm rooting for him of course and it'd be nice to see the leafs do something but you know uh sweeping california today isn't sweeping california like it was a couple of years back as long as jack campbell's not in the world juniors again you're, you're gonna cheer for him exactly Aram, appreciate the time buddy as always thanks All right, I guess we should wrap this one up here. It's Cody Jansen live with you today from the Pro Rock Broadcast Studios. We are presented by Lord Co. Auto Parts. And we're going to be back tomorrow. Same time, same place. And of course, everyone, be kind, be better. Be better.